Hi, I'm Ayala Chipley, and you're listening to Get Out of Bed, Out of Your Head. I'm excited for you to join me on the journey as we learn the skills to overcome our anxiety and depression, acknowledge what we are going through, and learn to share our stories because we deserve to have our lives not dictated by the struggles within our mental health. Whether you're focusing on yourself or helping others, I can't wait to help you get there through sharing what I've learned in my own struggles, my own studies, or interviewing top experts in the mental health field, many of whom have struggled with this on their own. We are on a mission to own our story and own our truth, to live life on our own terms. So today I'm so excited because we have Sam Eisen sat with us. And before I get him to talk a little bit about everything he's gone through, I'm going to introduce him. So Sam was a former D1 football player, and he's currently an international football coach, and he just finished coaching in Sweden, where he is now home in New Jersey, which I'll talk a little bit about too. But he also founded the Live and Learn series, which is an Instagram account, but more than that, it's a movement um, surrounding vulnerability and the struggles that people go through and opening up and how people deal with all of everything they've been through. So I'm excited for him to share his vulnerability with us. So welcome, Sam. Thank you. Excited to be on. Yeah. So tell me, let's start talking about your journey. So you obviously founded the Live and Learn series for a reason. So when did your struggles start surrounding mental health and like, what was it like growing up for you? Um, my struggles started with mental health. I think the first thing I really noticed, <laughs> well, this isn't mental health, but I was just like a shy kid to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that's tough sometimes because um, just like, living in a society where, you know, we have to speak up and we have to do presentations and um, to make friends and stuff. You have to like constantly be talking to people. So uh, I think just right off the bat, I was shy. And that's something I've, you know, worked through. And I think um, I'm not as shy anymore. But uh, and then I got panic attacks. My first panic attack, I was like in sixth grade playing basketball. And it just kind of started this um, series of panic attacks that I even continue to have today. And they don't happen too often, but especially like sports would bring them on. Um, And that was that was really scary. So that was like kind of my first uh, real run in with any type of mental health stuff. And then with those panic attacks, my anxiety started to kind of um, get worse and worse. And we're obviously going to talk about it, but it ended up, uh, it was like a roller coaster because I had periods in my life where I felt very confident and my anxiety was low and, you know, the panic attacks probably weren't affecting me that much. And then I had times in my life where um, I had severe anxiety, I was going through depression, um, all of those things. So I've, I've been on a roller coaster. Yeah, haven't we all? Um, so that first panic attack that you had in sixth grade, did something trigger it or was it just like out of nowhere? It's a good question. I think, um, it was kind of maybe a mixture of both. Uh, it was definitely out of nowhere. Like I never thought anything like that would happen. Um, but I was such a competitive kid and especially in sports, like overly competitive, like I was, 
I was like really aggressive when I was like playing basketball and stuff, like basically playing football on the basketball court. <laughs> um, and I remember during that game, I was just like so fired up and I was trying so hard running around the court and all of a sudden, like my heart just started beating like at a thousand miles per hour and I felt so out of it. And this is really interesting because I didn't actually open up and tell anyone I was experiencing panic attacks until I was a senior in high school. So I went years and years and years of experiencing these panic attacks and not telling anyone because I was really afraid. I was like, is this thing that's coming up, like, is this going to um, not allow me to play sports anymore? So I love sports so much. I was just like, I'm just not going to tell anyone because maybe there's something like really wrong with me and I'd rather be playing sports than <laughs> I'd rather take a chance playing sports, which was probably a dumb move, but um no but it's scary it's like am I sick like what's wrong with me like do I have an illness at this point like did you ever think that um did you know it was a panic attack is I think what I need to say no I didn't know it was a panic attack until I started doing like research and kind of over time I think maybe towards the end of high school I started understanding it was a panic attack but it made the whole thing even more scary because in the beginning I had no idea what I was dealing with I was like, is my heart going to explode? And like literally um, a lot of different people who have gone through panic attacks, they say it feels like you're going to die or pass out. And literally it's that feeling like I could drop to the floor right now and die because my heart's beating so fast and I feel so out of it. Yeah. And it's an extremely scary thing to go through. Um, and especially <laughs> it's scary if you know what's happening to you and then it's a whole another level of scary when you're like I don't know what's happening to me right now and I'm not going to tell anyone because I don't want anyone to worry about me and I don't want to stop playing sports so it's crazy <laughs> yeah that's that's a, such a long time to go without telling anyone I mean sixth grade to senior in high school is could feel like forever in our world yeah, and it just increasingly got worse and worse um, because it, it really s sucked in a way because, like, instead, I love the sport of football so much, and I just love sports in general. And instead of, like, going out onto the field, like, my last couple of years of high school and really just being like, I'm about to play a football game, like, this is going to be awesome. Like, the only thought that was going through my mind was – please don't get a panic attack. Please don't get a panic attack. Please don't get a panic attack. And that's just like such a crappy feeling to have before a game. And it really didn't allow me to play to the best of my ability. And I've learned so much, um, you know, in my journey uh, over the past couple of years that it would have been so much better if I just like accepted, hey, this is out of my control. Like I don't have any control over if I get a panic attack. I'm not going to die and I'm going to have uh, trust and faith that I'm going to be totally fine in this game. And if I did that, I think it would have eased my anxiety, but I was going out there like a freaking, uh, just like a stress ball, like ready to have like an anxiety attack. So just preparing yourself for the worst. Exactly. Like I was not helping the situation at all. I was just like, basically, um, just scaring the shit out of myself, basically. Yeah. So then 
senior year rolls around and you tell someone one, who do you tell Two, Why did you tell someone like, how'd that go over? That's a good question. Something I haven't thought about in a while. Um, I think one of the first uh, people I told was my mom. Uh, you got to tell your mom. I told <laughs> probably, my mom. <laughs> probably a couple years too late, but got to tell your mom. Um, so senior year, I told my mom, I think after my senior season, and I just told her, hey, you know, my heart starts beating really fast. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, and especially the fact that I was committed to play um, football at Elon University, I was like, all right, it's going to be even more intense. Like, it's going to be more demanding. Like, I need to figure this out before I go and play college football. But still, at that point, I didn't know. Like, I could have had, like, an actual heart condition. Like, I never went in and got checked or anything. Like, um, so with my mom, like, we went into some doctors and they, like, did um, different uh, tests and scans of, like, my heart and stuff. And they're like, yeah, you're everything looks good. And the doctor tells you you're totally fine. Meanwhile, I've been feeling like I'm going to die at probably every game for the last six years. Yeah. So it was interesting because it's like, okay, now it has to be panic attacks because if everything looks completely fine, um, it must be panic attacks. And it's interesting as well because uh, I've been doing like research on like chakras and stuff and energy and the first chakra which is to do with fear um and faith like fear yeah one side is fear the other side is faith like believing something good's gonna happen or believing something bad's gonna happen and um when i had when i was born i almost died because i had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck and in, in this book i was reading it was basically saying like birth traumas uh, can really heighten your fear. And honestly, it made a lot of sense. I was like, that's probably a big reason I get panic attacks. Cause like my, I have more adrenaline in my body. Cause like from the second I was born, I was in this state Not pumping adrenaline. Yeah. I was like in this state of like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to die. And I was like seconds away from death. And I think, you know, they always talk about in your early childhood that really affects you later on. And I think that birth trauma definitely, it's so interesting to think about. I've never I, thought about that, but you know, I had the cord tied around my neck too. So like, I think about that. I'm thinking about that now. I'm like, wow. Yeah, no, it's, that's why I love this like energy uh, and chakra stuff. Cause there's so many things you would have never thought about. And it made so much sense. It's like, all right, I've had so much anxiety in my life. Like I've had these panic attacks and what, what is anxiety? Like what are panic attacks? It's when, um, you know, I'm not a doctor, but like I've done some research and it's like adrenaline running through your body and, and adrenaline is the fight or flight uh, response. And that's what a panic attack is. That was an interesting thing for me to learn that like a panic attack is us just having the flight or f fight or flight response, but there's no actual threat in front of yeah. us. No bear, there's no crazy, um, you know, danger in front of us, but, but we're, I'm just in a football game and this adrenaline's coursing through my body and I'm like, my heart's beating and I'm like ready to fight or flight. 
And I don't know. It's just, um, it's really. And you're going through it all the time because you're constantly in fear. So it's chronic trauma that's happening to you where your body is consistently pumping it. So it's becoming accustomed to it and then it's over exerting your body. And that's why the panic attacks are happening too, because you're dealing with this. It's not just on the field. Like you're dealing with this every day, like the constant fear of it. Yeah. It might've been more when you're on the field, but that, that imaginary bear is still coming home with you every single day. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it was just like really, really tough. Um, but it's been cool, like being on this journey of healing and just kind of figuring out some of the puzzle pieces that maybe why I am the way I am. And, uh, I think it's just going to only help in the healing process. Yeah. So you told your mom, took you to the doctor's, <laughs> What was it like like telling your family, were they supportive? Was it weird for them because they didn't know? Like, what was up with that? That, like, that's not even in my memory. So I really don't think it must have been a big deal. Um, I don't remember any, like, really um, noteworthy response from my family. It was just like, you know, my mom was concerned and she said, let's go to doctors. But once I found out like my heart was good to go and um, all of those things, like, I don't think my family members are like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry you get panic attacks. Like, it was just like, Sam gets panic attacks. And, and it wasn't like a mean thing. It just wasn't, I didn't make it a big concern. So therefore, I don't think there was any reason for my family to be overly concerned. Yeah. Even, even so, though I was concerned, I just like probably put on a mask. To put, be, right. It's not that big of a deal, even though I can't even explain the feeling of getting a panic attack because it's just, it feels like you're going to die. Which is so scary. Meanwhile, you're like, oh, it's, it's, it's fine. I just get panic attacks. Like no big deal. Yeah. And I, I've seen, um, I've definitely seen a pattern of that in my life because the panic attacks you know, really affected me, were really scary. And I didn't really want to uh, tell, explain the severity of those um, attacks. And then when I was going through depression later on, like, I also didn't want to like, I didn't really open up. I didn't open up to my family until after I was like feeling better. Because I I guess it's just like me not wanting to um, hurt anyone or make anyone worry about me. Um, and I, I don't think that's necessarily the cor- correct response. And that's something like I've had to learn over my life. Like, what is the correct response? And it probably is, you know, talking to your loved ones and seeking help in these different situations. Instead, um, I probably took the wrong path and I tried to figure out all these things on my own, which is I wouldn't recommend. Um, but I'm just happy I came out on the other side and I'm feeling good. Yeah. But so when you went into college then, so you had already like told someone, but you didn't make it public then to everyone else. Like you were playing D1 football and like, did anyone know other than your immediate family? Yeah, good question. Um, no, my fan. I mean, like I didn't tell my coaches. I didn't tell my high school coaches. I didn't tell my college coaches. And again, like um, hindsight is twenty twenty. I wish I almost went back and just explained to the coaches like, Hey, I get panic attacks. I can't control them. It happens. Um, I might need to come off the field. Like, I, like randomly, like in the middle of a play, 
and which stinks too, because like say I get a panic attack right before play. Um, now the defense is playing with 10 guys instead of 11 guys. So it just like put so much pressure on me because I was like, I don't want to mess anything up for everyone. I don't want the coaches to think like on this like charity case that like, Oh, they have to constantly be worrying. Like is Sam getting a panic attack? So I was just like, I'm just not going to tell anyone. And like, if I do get a panic attack, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm cramping up right now and I need to come off. Cause like people can't play with a cramp. And like, that was like my grand plan that, um, how'd that work out for you? That grand plan of yours? It was <laughs> not well. Um, not, not super well, but it did work out. Like if I started getting a panic attack, I would just say, um, I'm cramping up. And I even remember one time I came off the field. I'm like, I'm cramping up. The trainer comes over and he looks at my leg and he's just like, you're not cramping up. And I was like, uh, <laughs> uh i am oh, really because like my my leg like i feel it and it was just crazy you know i was like in this string of lies and if you can imagine like that only made like the pressure upon myself like so much more because i was just trying to hide this thing from people and maybe uh in retrospect it would have been better to just open up about it and be be candid with everyone around me but i didn't do that Okay. So I hear like so many things you from the start didn't want other people to worry. Like you were saying originally, you didn't want your family to worry. You didn't want your coaches to worry. You didn't want to be looked at a certain way. I mean, especially as a football player, like I assume there's a ton of stigma around mental health. You have to be the tough guys. Like you're the ones representing the school. You're, you're out in the field. You're doing all these things. What was that like? Um, yeah, I just think, for a society that, you know, is being driven by people's egos and stuff, uh, being part of a football team, it's definitely, you know, it's a big part of your ego. And nobody wants to be seen in a negative light. And uh, I think that's why, you know, athletes really um, struggle with mental health in a lot of ways, because just everyone in society has pressure on them to like be this like perfect person. And then if you can imagine like an athlete um, has even more pressure cause like, and at least that's how I feel about it. They have more pressure because like everyone's looking at them and they're like the pinnacle of like, they've got like, they're, uh, you know, at a university, they're playing a sport, um, all of these things. And they're supposed to be these like ideal looked up to people. And uh, that, again, it comes back to pressure. Like that just forms so much pressure. If someone's not feeling good and now they have to like, they feel like they have to live up to this standard. That's just like impossible to live up to that. That can uh, definitely create for a bad situation. Yeah. And I mean, you weren't just on a football team. You were also in a fraternity. So like there's these other group of guys too that are also looking at you or girls that are like, oh, he's so cool. He's so amazing. And you still have to put on this facade <laughs> being like, I'm perfect. Yeah. And it's interesting because at the beginning of college with the panic attacks, I was like, um, I need to start doing something to, you know, make these panic attacks not as bad or like potentially go away. And that's when I started my meditation practice. 
and I've been meditating like daily, basically on a daily basis for the past five years. So when I say my um, experience was a roller coaster, it really was because even though I was still experiencing those panic attacks, my freshman year when I started meditating and I read this book, The Power of Now, have you read The Power of Now? Yeah. So that was like my Bible basically. And like, I was just like, all right, I just have to live in the moment. And at first with meditation, being on a football team, like uh, reading The Power of Now, I was like on a high, like, even though I still like uh, got panic attacks, like every once in a while, I was on like a confidence high. Like, I feel like I was in a really great place, but also I think it was largely like um, an egoic place. Like it was very ego driven. And then ultimately when I stopped playing football after my sophomore season, that's really where it like plummeted down. And um, I lost all my confidence because my confidence was tied into football. My confidence was tied into the fraternity. My confidence was tied into meditation working for me and the power of now working for me. And all of those things started like crumbling down when I stopped playing football so that's how it was a roller coaster. At the beginning of college, I was like on top of the world. And then like my sophomore, junior year, like it was a big, big decline. So what did that look like for you? Uh, that looked like, like a gradual decline after I stopped playing football. Um, and it was just like <laughs> that ego that I had built up was just getting like torn down and like I was so accustomed to going up to someone uh maybe in the classroom at a party in a social situation be like hey I'm Sam Eisenstadt like I play on the football team here and I like had my whole spiel like I knew <laughs> what I was gonna I knew what I was gonna say and it like gave me confidence I was like yeah I'm on the football team like I kind of thought like I'm hot shit um and then when that was taken away from me not taken away from me when I decided to stop playing. Um, basically, my confidence just like plummeted because I was like, who am I? Like, hi, I'm Sam Eisenstadt. What's after that? Like, I don't, I don't know what to say. And that gave me so much anxiety. I was like, just so unsure of like my identity. And uh, so the severe anxiety came in. And then over time, uh, just started feeling like depression, just felt like, you know, every day kind of felt the same. And my purpose for so long was to work really hard to be a great football player. And then when I no longer was on a football team, I was like, what is my purpose now? And I just felt purposeless. And it was just this really tough space where I was just like feeling really down. And that mixed with the severe anxiety of not knowing who I was. Uh, it was like a crippling place. It was, it was a really tough place. Everything crashing down at the same time, leaving you like, where am I? I'm empty now. Yeah, basically empty, scared, lost, unsure. Um, and, uh, and on top of that, what made it all worse was I was extremely hard on myself um so like especially this is where the power of now 
uh, meditation tie back into it because I was like, okay, meditation made me feel good. Like I just have to meditate more. Like, okay, the power of now help me. I just have to like reread it. And I was like trying to be in the moment. I was like, okay, I just got to be in the moment. Just got to be in the moment. But my mind was in 15 different places. And I was, I was literally driving myself crazy because I was like, I need to be in the moment right now. But I, I literally can't because I've so even many- saying that it doesn't mean you're in the moment. You're like, I need to, I need to focus on being right here. But then you're already thinking about all the things that you need to do to be in the present. You're not physically being there. You're not emotionally experiencing it. Hundred percent. And that was basically, you know, that was really part of the downward decline. Is like I was so hard on myself, and like I was like, why aren't these things? Like, why isn't the power of now? Why isn't um meditation why isn't my journaling like why aren't they making me feel better like they have in the past and it really wasn't until the the moment where first off okay i'm gonna backtrack i went to abroad in london and that was like probably the time period where i felt my worst the junior fall a junior fall and I was like going on walks in the park, like almost every day, just journaling. Like I <laughs> felt like I was like Socrates or something. Like I was just like asking like questions to myself and like, like, why am I feeling crappy? Like, why is it this way? Why is it that way? And like, um, I finally came to this realization about my ego. Like, like that was a realization I had in the park. I was like, I understand now like why I feel so crappy because all of my sense of self and identity was tied into uh, football and these things that were external in my life. Like, and I noticed that like so many people put their confidence, which I call cockiness into external things. Cause when you put yourself into external things, that's cockiness. Like, Hey, I have this car. Hey, I'm really good at, um, you know, school or I'm a great athlete or something like that. Like that's something outside of you that ultimately can be taken away. If you're an athlete, you can hurt yourself. Um, if you have like a nice car, nice home, like you can lose your job, like all of these things. And that's how people have identity crises because you put yourself, your sense of self into these external things that aren't stable. And, uh, <laughs> So the realization I had in the park was that let me start to put my sense of self into things that are internal, that are inside myself. So let me start to love myself. Let me start to accept myself for exactly who I am. Um, And that was a big turning point for me because since that point, which was over two years ago, Um, I began to build my confidence from a place that was internal instead of external. So I truly believe like anything can happen in my life. I can switch jobs. I can do this, um, (laughs) whatever it is. And my confidence is going to stay stable because my confidence is rooted in loving myself. My confidence is rooted in being a human being on planet earth and just being okay with that and happy with that and grateful for that. Um, and it's rooted in things that aren't going to change. Uh, so that was a massive point in my journey that, um, has helped me manifest into who I am today. 
how do you do that and like practice that every day? How does, how does a person that's struggling with all of, maybe they're in a transition period, maybe they're losing something external that gave them confidence. How would you tell a person to start this journey, start this process and deal with it every day so that they can build their self-worth back? Because I mean, I see this, like you see this confidence, I see this as self-worth, which is like woven into you, but it can be affected by all of these external factors. So how do you bring that back to the internal? Yeah, so I don't think there's any easy way to do it because um, I don't think like people talk about ego death and I don't think in no way have I had like a full like ego death slash I don't even know if that's what I want. Um, But that's another story. (laughs) So uh, basically you kind of have to have come to a partial ego death and understand you aren't these external things in your life. Um, and for me, so there was the process where I stopped, I stopped football. And then right after football, I tried to make a YouTube channel. Um, I was like doing all these different things because I was trying to like rebuild my external identity. Like I was trying to come up with like an app, (laughs) like literally, and now I can see it in, um, I can reflect back on it and be like, wow, I was just trying to create a new identity for myself. Hey, I'm Sam Eisenstein. I'm the guy that made the app. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and I'm back to square one. Um, so what I would say to someone is that it's not going to be an easy process. It's, it's a realization and an understanding that for so long and what we've been taught is to put our sense of identity into things, um, outside of us. And you just have to like sit down with yourself, I believe, and just really come to terms that um, the, the most stable way to move forward and build confidence is to do that internally instead of externally. And there's so much power in that. Um, a lot of people put their um, sense of identity in their faith. And I don't have a particular faith but you can see people with faith, they always call faith like their rock because faith doesn't change. Like like faith, like (laughs) they're not just going to change the story of the Bible. Like the Bible is the Bible and it's going to stay the same. And if someone's like, hi, I'm X, Y, Z, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, or, you know, I'm whatever, whatever religion it is. um, Those people also have a stable foundation but i i believe personally someone who isn't as uh connected to a certain religion you can create that confidence by just placing your hand on your heart like every night and just saying i love myself like i love myself for no particular reason i love myself for all my flaws i love myself through thick thick and thin i love myself today until the day i die like and just like say different things like that um that you're just like covering every basis. Like it doesn't matter what happens in your life. Like it doesn't matter if I totally mess up in um, this podcast right now, because ultimately I love myself and that's okay. Like that's the transformation I've made because in the past I might've been like, I got to get this perfect. I got to get this perfect. And it's just like that release, like, okay, I'm imperfect, but I love myself regardless. And it's such like a, and I'm still working on it daily, but it, I felt it where it's such a freeing 
feeling because um, it really takes that weight of perfection off of our shoulders and none of us are perfect. Yeah. You just said some pretty incredible things and like just coming to that whole realization and practicing it every single day is a huge part. I mean, no one's perfect. No one's going to end up being feeling a hundred percent all the time. It's just not necessarily a possibility. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be good days. Things are going to happen. Um, and you moved through this like so beautifully, like on this journey, not to say that there weren't really shitty times because there were, but you've come into this place now where you started this movement, this Instagram account. What prompted it? I mean, you're, you were coaching football in Sweden. Like what, what prompts you to start this and want to make this a public thing, make yourself very public and saying that you struggle with these things. That is a whole another thing. Like, how did you start this? Um, it's funny because I think it's taken some reflection over my time in the past month and a half of starting it, the Live and Learn series, um, and reflecting back on like, you know, why did I really start this? Because at first I was just like, this sounds like a cool idea. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I had this whole elaborate plan, like, and this is exactly why I started it. I was just like, this sounds cool. Like, you know, people talking about struggle and sharing struggle and helping each other and showing each other that it's okay to struggle. I was like, that's powerful. And I'd love to hear like what, you know, different people have to say about it. Um, with that being said, doing more reflection on like why I started this, I think it goes back to my journey. You know, I, I said that I was scared to tell anyone about my panic attacks. I was scared to tell anyone about my depression or uh, the anxiety that I was feeling like in my life. Um, and I think, you know, a big subconscious reason I wanted to start this account was that I felt so alone in those times because I didn't really know anyone else was dealing with any of those things. And I just thought like, um, what would I need in that moment? Like that moment where I was feeling so down, like that moment where I was feeling so lost, like what could I have watched that would have made me feel better? And that's kind of, you know, that's a big reason for the Live and Learn series. Like that person that's not ready to open up, that person that, you know, is feeling really down and depressed and sad and anxious. Hopefully it's an outlet for them. They get to watch the video and be like, okay, like Sam Eisenstadt's dealing with some stuff. Like, and he's talking about it. Maybe I can tell my family. Maybe I can tell my friends. Maybe I can go see a therapist. Like, and it just like, that's my hope, you know, that we can start to feel a little more comfortable sharing our struggle in this world that is just consumed by perfectionism, this world that no one feels comfortable opening up. And when I say nobody, that's, it's not nobody, but it's a large portion of us, you know? People are scared to show weakness. People are scared to show vulnerability. Um, and it's scary for me too. Like I'm not this like uh, transformed person where I just like don't feel any fear in sharing my struggles, but it's also very empowering sharing your struggles. And, and I know you know this, like just owning your struggle. And now like, I think you said this, like uh, instead of your struggle owning you, you own your struggle. And like, how empowering is that? 
Like instead of walking around every day and being like, Oh God, like I hope nobody sees like I'm feeling anxious right now. It's like, <laughs> I'm feeling anxious and everybody like <laughs> I'm anxious. Like you can know that I'm anxious. And that's just like, now it's like not this powerful like thing. That's just, uh, that's just, you know, engulfing you and choking you and not allowing you to breathe. It's like this thing that's like by your side. And it's like a dog that's just like barking and barking and barking. Instead of being in the classroom where everyone's supposed to be silent, and you're like, I don't have a dog. I swear I don't have a dog. And it's, <laughs> it's like barking really loud and everyone's looking at you. I love this analogy so much. <laughs> I don't know where this came from, by the way. Um, you just say to the classroom, you're like, I brought my dog into class today. And everyone's probably going to start laughing. Like, they're going to be like, I knew you brought your dog into class. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and people. I do. It's, you took the power back. Like, you're not quiet about it anymore. It doesn't own you. You own it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's the truth. I mean, I think there's 1,000 things we could talk about on this podcast, but for the sake of time, I'll ask you one last question. I mean, I'm sure we could go on for hours about this. Yeah, I thought we were just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been about 30 minutes, over 30 minutes. Um, but for the sake of time, like what, if you could tell someone that's starting to like get this transformation, they're starting to understand that they have panic attacks, they have anxiety, maybe they have depression. Um, what's one thing, like one easy task that they could start doing to get them going, to get them a little bit better than they were the day before? Um, I think what we just hit on, acceptance. You know, just stop. Um, try to stop fighting against all these feelings, these sensations these emotions that are coming up. That's what I would say to someone. Like just come into, try to come into full acceptance and see what happens when you feel that feeling of, and we, we just put words on these things, but really what is depression? What is anxiety? Is it a, is your heart beating fast? Is it, you know, your head feeling foggy? Is it tingling feeling all throughout, you know, pins and needles? What is it? You know what I mean? Like, Let's go past the, um, the word that we put in front of it. Really dive into like, what are you feeling? And then once you feel that feeling, literally tell yourself, and this is what I do and it's really helpful, just say, it is okay. And just repeat that to yourself. Cause you're not saying, oh, this is good. I really like feeling this way. I really like feeling like this. <laughs> but you're not saying like, this is bad. I need to get rid of it. It's okay. Like, it, I'm accepting of it. I'm going to fully like, this is okay. And I can, I ultimately can't control these feelings. So I'm just going to accept them. And hey, you can come in. Uh, I'm going to investigate. I'm going to become your friend. I'm going to be nicer to you. Oh, there's, there's my anxiety. There's, there's my depression. How are you doing? Like, come in, come in. Like, let, let's like sit together. Rumi, Rumi says that like, um, jealousy come dine with me and it's just like invited in invited in as like a friend and and don't be so um hard on yourself and don't be so aggressive because when you try to like push it away and this is what I did for so long like oh anxiety get out of here like depression get out of here I'm not supposed to feel this way this isn't me like that's when it just gets you know the snowball just gets bigger and bigger and bigger 
And it's not until we just come into an acceptance, we, we let go instead of grasping so hard is when that feeling starts to subside a little bit. Amazing. You have made me think about things differently and I'm sure everyone else is too. So if anyone wants to follow you, um, come in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Is it through your Instagram? Yeah, my, um, my Instagram's public, so I'm sure, are you going to put all these things in like the... I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, okay, so the links will be in the show notes. Yeah, follow me on Instagram and uh, the Live and Learn series too. That's on Instagram. So those are two links. And if you want to reach out, just send a message. I'm so inspired that you've joined me and so many others by listening to this podcast in our fight to overcome our anxiety and depression. If you know someone that could benefit from this message, please share this podcast with them so we can change the lives of the people we love together. If you want more help for yourself so you can finally live life on your own terms without feeling crippled by anxiety and depression, then I hope you'll let me help you further on your journey. You can do this by going to www.anxietysecretstoolbox.com to access the key tools and strategies you need to gain control over your anxiety and panic attacks. We are on a mission to come together to own our story and truth and help others do the same in this movement to live life on our own terms.